0: I do not believe that it is anything big. I believe that he is going to be okay. Those are the words of Jose Mourinho when asked about Harry Kane's injury concerns following a knock taken to the knee by the striker in the Dinamo Zagreb game last night. Today, I'm joined by Chris Cowlin and Franco from the Cheese Room podcast to discuss Tottenham's victory in the Europa League and also preview the huge North London derby on Sunday. I'm Matt Hayes and you're listening to the Tottenham Fan Voice podcast. Hello and welcome back to Matt Hayes Tottenham blog and to another episode of the Tottenham Fan Voice podcast. I'm Matt Hayes, your host, and if you want more from this channel, make sure to hit that subscribe button for live watch-alongs, previews, reviews, and much more. And also, if you are listening, uh, our new audience on audio podcast platforms, please make sure to follow the podcast. Um, we are now part of the sport social podcast network the uk's first dedicated sport podcast networks so make sure to go and check them out at www.sport-social.co.uk but without further ado let's dive straight into this one i'm delighted to be joined by two fant- fantastic guests uh, first of all we have franco from the cheese room podcast franco thank you so much for joining us tonight how are you getting on
1: no problems mate yeah good glad to have got another week out of the way and uh, really looking forward to this game on sunday it's a big one. It's an absolutely massive one. Uh, Chris, are you, are you looking forward to that one as well?
0: Or is there a, a sense of dread about it?
2: How, how many supporters say they look forward to the North London derby? But no, I am. <laughs> I think that we're in fantastic form right now. Um, you know, five wins on the spin, four clean sheets, you know, but no better time to go into the North London derby. So, you know, we've got to believe and, and got to go in there with full confidence.
0: Absolutely, that's what it's all about. Believing you can go in and uh, and win that game. Now we will be discussing the North London Derby in detail uh, a little bit later. But first of all, we are going to touch on Tottenham's two 0 win against Dinamo Zagreb last night. Harry Kane was at the double to put Spurs uh, to put one foot in the uh, quarter final of the Europa League, uh, brushing away the Croatian league leaders at the moment. Chris, it wasn't pretty, but it was effective, and and we got the job done in the night, didn't we?
2: Yeah, I thought it was the, the perfect performance, the perfect result, certainly. You know, Harry Kane is just on fire. Um, you know, I just I just don't know what else all of us Tottenham fans can say about Harry Kane when he's creating the goals in his own half and then going up the other end to, uh, you know, to finish it off. Um, you know, great work from the Lamella. Some really good individual performances last night as well. Um, but as I say, it's the perfect result to go into the North London derby and the perfect result to go into the second leg in the last 16. And you know, we've got to have huge confidence now in this competition. You know, has taken us to a League Cup final, and I believe that he's going to take us all the way to uh, to the Europa League final in May.
0: I, I love the confidence, and I feel as though I, I'm in the same boat as you, to be honest, with the you know, the, the lack of competition really left in, in the tournament with Man United and AC Milan. I'd say the the only other really strong teams left in there, with Bayer Leverkusen and Napoli being knocked out in the last round, I think um, the, the path has been cleared somewhat for, for us to get through to that final. But, Franco, Chris there touched on Eric Lamella, who... It's definitely a player who, who splits the, the fans' opinions. It's, you either hate him or you love him. I personally am a big fan. Um, some of the, I saw some strange stats about him last night. Um, He hasn't completed a pass with his right foot all season. And of the 63 minutes that he was on the pitch last night, he didn't touch the ball with his right foot. He's he's a very one-footed player, but isn't he just like a typical, typical
1: Jose Mourinho player? He's just that good that he has to use one foot, you know, otherwise it's unfair <laughs> if he uses both on the other players. No, he is, you know, in terms of, Work ethic, that's the thing that he's always been lauded for. We always know that he will run around a lot, but it's with real purpose. And I always say this, when you when you put him into a game off the bench, he injects that pace and that enthusiasm around the other players. And, you know, I just think his performances this year have been really good from the start, coming off the bench, whatever. He's put a shift in it and he's, he's had an impact on the game. He's still frustrating at times. He's always got those lamella ball rolls that you don't need to be doing and things like that. Um, but, yeah. I don't think you can fault his performance last night it was really good lively and um yeah it had a big impact on the game as well and uh,
0: on those ball rolls I saw another stat that I wasn't going to uh, mention but since you brought it up he's completed a ball roll every 13.4 minutes this season <laughs> it is <laughs> it's still a Mella specialty but for for once it, it's it's starting to work you know we've all seen him ball rolling his way into trouble but he's actually finding that ability now to to take the ball past a man he's had some fantastic runs remember one against West Ham one against Palace where He's, he's actually starting to beat men and he's creating chances and I do think he was unlucky not to get on that score sheet last night mm. but when Harry Kane is lurking uh, Chris there's always going to be someone to put that ball in the back of the net and for him now it's 42 goal contributions in his last 37 games you know Jose said he was going to make Harry Kane explode and my God he lived up to that promise how how does Harry Kane just keep getting better?
2: Unbelievable he's an unbelievable player he really is you know to to deliver, you know, every single week like he does. It's just incredible. And, and like I say, Matt, I just don't know what else we can we can say about Harry Kane now because he just seems to get better and better and better. And you know, to go back to Eric Lamella, you know, in my opinion, I think that Eric Lamella's probably had the best month in a Tottenham shirt um in his in his whole Tottenham career so far. Now he signed for us back in 2013, had his injury problems. Um, you know, lots of Tottenham fans expected a lot more. Um, but I think that all of this time, you know, and the, and the, the opinion on him is very mixed. Um, but I think that give credit where credit is due. And I think that the, these last few weeks has probably been his, his best time at Tottenham in a Spurs shirt
0: yeah i fully agree with you on that one and i i, look, I brought up this that when i was on your uh your channel last course that uh, when we signed Miller from roma there was a clause in his contract that we'd have to pay them an extra i think it was five million pounds uh when he scored 20 premier league goal for spurs and eight years later we still haven't paid that but you know we in a way he is kind of starting to to become that player that we bought from roma that that fiery uh tenacious kind of player who will always get stuck in and he's shown that side this season already with you know getting anthony Martial sent off in that game against manchester united he is that kind of like I said, that typical Jose player, he's cheeky and he'll, he'll do what it takes to, to win the game. And that is what we need in there right now. And it's its not just him who, who's really starting to show that form. And, and Franco, for the first time this season, we do have what seems uh, an abundance of, of options in that attacking area. We have, of course, Cale and Son, who are always the first two names of the team sheet. We've Gareth Bale hitting form now. We've Lamella, as we've touched on. Lucas starting to play really well. And and Ali as well coming back into the fray. Do you think we're now in a situation where it's almost impossible to, to pick the actual best four that we have?
1: To a degree, yeah. I, I mean, obviously the big disappointment in that forward line is Bergvine. I kind of, I think most Spurs fans kind of hope that he was going to kick on this season and, and be a real goal threat. And the fact he hasn't scored at all is, is probably really disappointing for him more than anybody else. Because he's clearly got an eye for goal, banged in loads at PSV, so we're expecting that. But you're right, the rest of them, Bale especially now hitting form. It's the perfect time in this run-in at the end of the season. We've got some really important games coming up and we needed somebody to take some of the load away from Kane and uh, from Son. Son has maybe not been as uh, dangerous in front of goal, but he's been contributing as much as ever. He's still deadly. And I think then to have somebody on that right-hand side in Bale and then uh, the two options of, of Lucas in that central spot or Delhi or even Bele. we've just got so many different combinations that we can play in that forward line you can even have lamella come in there if you need some more bite it's just i think it's the different qualities of the players that we've got in those positions that that make it so you know effective and um i think there's very few teams probably in in the premier league that can boast that as well like man city have obviously got some great players but i'm not sure they've quite got the same combinations that we do now they're all playing well they're great that's 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 the thing just hope that they can continue the form and know we have a really strong end to the season
0: yeah, and look, you know, people have been have been critical of of Jose and the, the kind of football we're playing this season. But he has been blessed with with the attacking options that he does have. You know, Spurs are one of just two teams uh, in Europe this season to have scored over one hundred goals. Now, look, you can say uh, they staff padding when you are scoring like five against Marine, five against Wickham, and uh, seven against Ludo Grets in the Europa League. But at the end of the day, you can only beat what's in front of you. And hmm. for for the large part of this season, Spurs have done that with a plum outside of the Premier League. But Chris, one of the reasons for that is is how strong Jose has gone in these competitions. You can even go to the game that knocked us out of the FA Cup. It was still a very, very strong eleven. Have you been surprised by how keen Jose Mourinho has to, to play those full-strength squads against lower-level oppositions in the Europa League? Or do you think it's just it's down to that winning mentality he has and it's why he has so many trophies in his cabinet?
2: It's definitely that. It's definitely why he's won so many trophies. That's what I love about Jose Mourinho. When he came to to Tottenham, obviously I didn't want Pochettino to go. You know, I felt very sad about that situation. But when Jose come in, you felt as a top fan that he's going to take these cup competitions seriously. You know, he's won every cup in the land. Um, you know, he always wants to make sure that. Um, We deliver and we get that result that we need to get into the next round. And that's why I'm so confident that we're going to lift a trophy this season. We have to, because the trophies are way, way overdue. Um, You know, we say that, you know, (laughs) a lot because 13 years without a trophy now at the club is just unbelievable. Um, You know, we've got to be putting a trophy in the cabinet. But Jose does take these competitions seriously. I thought last night against Dynamo Zagreb, I think that Jose Mourinho must have huge credit, must be given huge credit because he managed the game very, very well. He put out a very strong 11 and then brought on, you know, even stronger players in the second half to to, to manage the game very well. And of course, taking Harry Kane off um, as well at the end. But um, yeah, I think that he will get us over that line.
0: It's, it's it's exactly what we need And I, I always say it uh, I started supporting Spurs The week after we last won a trophy So I'll take full blame uh, For that uh, trophy drought As long as I get full credit Next time we do win a trophy um, But look if, if one man is going to help us To a trophy It will be Harry Kane And we had uh, a, a lot of concern last night When he was taken off uh, After picking up A knock to his knee uh, Jose Marini was asked about that After the game And he said Let's see the reaction tomorrow But hopefully he will be fine And later he was interviewed By BT Sport And he said I do not believe It is anything big It is a match on Sunday That everybody wants to play and little things are not going to stop them to play I do not have that feeling that there is concern I believe that he's going to be okay uh, Music to the ears of Spurs fans the, Kane, the, the highest scorer in North London Derby Premier League history Will more than likely be on the pitch for this one um, Against Arsenal And look, we, we touched on a few stats there Just bringing another one Among Premier League players in all competitions this season Harry Kane has scored the most goals with 26 And also made the joint most assists with 16 He's already surpassed his goal tally for the last couple of seasons Franco, is he the best player in the Premier League?
1: Um, yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's it. I don't need to say much more, do I? I just feel like he's, he. Uh, lots of Spurs fans don't think he gets the appreciation he deserves. And, and obviously from Muzz either, like we, we, the status of today hasn't got player of the year at Spurs since 2015, was it? Or 16? Right. Which is mad. And I know like we're almost, it's like we've, we just got used to having him there, just banging in 20 plus goals per season. It's phenomenal. We've not seen a player like this in our lifetime. Um, most people that are like 40 years old won't have seen a player as, as um, effective as him in their lifetime, and it's not just the goals. Like you said, the assists have come this year as well. Just his all-round play is just phenomenal. And, and last night was a prime example of what you get from Kane. He was just offering for the ball all around the pitch, his defensive duties. I think when Dyer went off, he kind of slipped back into you know into helping in defence. How many corners does he clear as well? It's just amazing his all round contribution to Spurs is is phenomenal and he's he's talismanic in that sense and I just think we need to appreciate it I did hear some people saying that you know in the closed season maybe we should think about setting Kane at some point and rejuvenating the squad I just think it's madness you, you never let a player like that leave unless he's demanding it and at the moment I don't think that he will be but um sort of touching on what you said about trophies I do think that we need to start you know looking like we're going to get a trophy and Definitely win one this season to keep him interested in staying at Spurs because we need to realise his ambitions as one of the greatest players in England.
0: Yeah, yeah, I fully agree on that one. Uh, Wayne Banner here is, is coming in with a five pound super chat. Wayne, thank you so much for that. Um, says Josie hasn't won all those trophies without reason. Do you all think we can get top four uh, and win the League Cup, Europa League, or win the League Cup and Europa League? Chris, uh, in a word, in each of those, do you think we'll get top four?
2: I think it's going to be very difficult. I really do Um, You know that spell of of losing five out of six. You know, I'd love to be sitting here saying, yes, absolutely. You know, I I tried to remain positive as I can be as a Spurs fan. But when we lost those five out of six Premier League games, I I felt that that was a a really dismal spell uh, for us. And I felt that that was going to end our top four hopes. But you never know. This this Premier League season is a mad season. You never, ever know. Uh, And that's another reason why I think that Jose is taking the Europa League very, very seriously. You know, we all know that he's been in the competition twice as a manager. He's won it twice. And, you know, that's why I believe that he will take us all the way. Because, like you said, he takes this competition very seriously, or the Cups very seriously. And uh, I think if we're going to get Champions League football next season, I think we've got a better chance of winning the Europa League, particularly with the opponents left in the competition, rather than finishing in the top four. But the League Cup, anything can happen as well. Um, I've got a... I feel positive about it. I know Manchester City are a very, very good side of, you know, full of quality, but I do have just a feeling about it. You know, it's no, it's no secret that at the start of the season, I booked my flight and I booked my accommodation for Poland for the Europa League final. You know, I was that confident then, so I'm remaining that confident.
0: I love it. There's nothing better than a confidence from from coming from a Spurs fan like that. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Franco, what what are your thoughts on, on those three?
1: I think I agree. Look, we all know in about three games' time whether top four is a possibility. I think Chelsea are the ones that are going to make it difficult for us. Two shells come in and, and they, they look half-decent now. They're not losing games. Obviously, that win against Liverpool the other week, they're, they're kind of putting their marker out. And I think they'll be they'll, they'll be difficult for us to catch them. Um, and yeah, there's just there's a few games this season you look back on. like Most recently, the West Ham game, I felt we could have won that. Obviously, we had the earlier games of the season, the West Ham game, Newcastle. Um, Was it Burnley as well and like drawing against Fulham and stuff like the games that we should have won we should have done and if we were playing but we've just had so many peaks and troughs in our form this season Um, it's quite amazing that we're still in the race for it to be honest and if you'd have asked me about three weeks ago I probably would have said put everything on Europa League that's our biggest chance but now I think we're basically like eggs in both baskets it's difficult so we'll see how the next few um, games go and then we'll know but the fact that we won 2-0 last night means that the away that we should get through that as long as we you know we don't have a complete mare on the night so again that's only a few games and we're in a cup final um and there's a very good chance there man City will be tough in the league i'm never going to go into that and say yeah we're probably going to win that i think we're definitely the underdogs but you never know we've beaten them this season and um and, and they struggled against us that game if we could pull off something similar then by all means we could win that but um I think if I was going to put my money on any of them, I'd probably say Europa League is the most likely.
0: Yeah, look, I, I fully echo the sentiments of the two E. And in knockout football, over ninety minutes, anything can happen. And no. I, I do like to think we have the the knockout king in in our dugout, in Jose Mourinho. You know, as yeah. Chris said, in the Europa League twice, he's won it twice. He he, he wins trophies for fun. And he's done it at every club before, so I don't see why he uh, he wouldn't do it at Spurs. Uh, Wayne, with another £2 super chat says, love Chris's confidence. Wayne, thank you so much for the support on the channel. I love Chris's confidence as well. And if anyone else does want to support the channel uh, with his super chat, just hit that dollar sign beside the, the chat button down below, uh, and it'll guarantee your question is answered or your comment is read out. Uh, before we do move on to the uh, derby, I see a few people asking about Chris. I just want to ask you quickly, Harry Kane, is this Jose Mourinho-Mind Games, or do you think he will be fit for the game on Sunday?
2: Absolutely, he's going to be fit. There's no question whatsoever that Harry Kane has an injury for that uh, that game on Sunday. He will be there um, and he will be scoring a goal in that North London derby again. There's no, no question.
1: Yeah, Kane would play on crutches if he, if he had to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, it was, it was encouraging that last night he, he was taking the ice off that knee before the before the game did end. If it was an ankle injury, I'm sure we'd all be sitting here saying he's out for two years, but since it is only on that knee, I think we can have a, an element of confidence that he will be in that game on Sunday. Uh, one one question people are asking is, will La Celso be in the squad for the Arsenal game? He, he won't be. He's actually Tottenham's only confirmed injury concern for this one. Uh, it's not the injury, the hamstring injury that's kept him out for the last few months. In uh, Within his rehab, he's uh, had a little bit of pain in his back, so he will be out for another few weeks on that one. I think for me, he's running the risk of becoming another Eric Lamella of three, four years ago when it's just a constant injury, not really living up to, to the expectation um, that we do have on him. But it's time to get down to business. It's time to talk about the North London Derby. Of course, on Sunday Spurs travel to the Emirates stadium for what is a huge game, not only because it's, it's the North London Derby, but also Spurs trying to get back into a, uh, back into that top four race uh, uh and here with another two pounds says kane will play he did it wearing a mask in that 2016 17 or is it 2015 16 scored that cracker of a goal from the left-hand side of the box uh he, he'll always get it, uh, in that North london derby uh just to run through a few stats ahead of this one arsenal are winless in their last five meetings with tottenham in all competitions they've never gone six without a win against spurs before they've lost just two of the last 35 home league games against spurs uh winning 19 and drawing 14 of those so a record away to arsenal is uh is abysmal to say the least. However, we are looking to win three consecutive league games against Arsenal for the first time since October 1974 and seal a first league double over them since 92-93. And finally, having won the first four of our away league games this season, Tottenham have won just two of their subsequent nine on the road in the Premier League. Meanwhile, having scored 11 in our opening two away league games, we've scored 10 uh, since then in our uh, last 11 away from home Chris let's touch on that away form first of all because things on the road in the Premier League started better than any of us could have dreamed of it's like playing a FIFA career mode on beginner difficulty we scored five against Southampton and we went to Old Trafford and we scored six but since then the goals on the road have dried up and the, the points have gone with them what do you think can account for that decline of form from Spurs
2: I think there's a whole host of reasons to be honest um, but I think that we're going to go into this game very differently. You know, the, you can talk about form all you like, um, you know, going into North London Derby. As soon as that game kicks off, um, you know, all of the form goes out of the window. And then it is all about the passion. It's all about the uh, the grit and determination of winning that, that game. And, I'm just very sad that us fans are not in the stadium to, to, to see it. You know, I was one of the very lucky ones to see um, us beat Arsenal 2-0 earlier this season at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And I think that it really helped us um, being, in, being in the stadium. Um, and I think that the, the players really uh, felt the fans there. Um, but it's going to be a very difficult game on Sunday. Um, we've only ever won once at the Emirates Stadium in the Premier League. And, uh, you know, we've got to start putting these records to bed and and, and and start improving these records against these sides. And, you know, no disrespect to Arsenal at all, but they're a mid-table team now. They're 10th. You know, they're, they're not the sort of team that we used to, you know, perhaps fear, you know, going there, thinking it's a very difficult game. They've had a very mediocre season. They've, they've won 11. They've lost 11. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get with them. Um, so Tottenham have to have the belief, um, you know, particularly that the form I know I've just said the form goes out the window, but you know, it, it gives a lot of the players a lot of confidence going into this game. And like both of you said earlier, you know, the players now that Jose Mourinho has, the options he has, with every player coming into form as well, you know, we've got to start going to some of these away grounds and, and getting results. And you know, if we want any chance of finishing in that top four, um, you have to be winning games like this.
0: Absolutely. It's it's the games against the, So is what what is the traditional big six. But as you say, they're, they're not a big six team anymore. And Mid-times I think we, we've <laughs> they absolutely are. And look, we've had this discussion, I think, as Spurs fans a lot over the last couple of years that Arsenal have dropped out of that top four since the uh, since the resignation of Arsene Wenger. But for me, it's always been with them that they should have been higher than where they were. But this season, for the first time, I'm looking at Arsenal and I'm looking at the players they have at their disposal and I'm struggling to see that they should be higher than where they are. I, I honestly do think that squad is is a mid-table squad. Now, look, this may come back to bite me if they come out and, and beat us 3-0 on Sunday. I don't think they will, but at the end of the day, they, they don't deserve to be in, in the top of the, the league where they have been for so long. Their manager uh, isn't up to that uh, level either. And speaking of managers, Wayne Bonner with another £2 says, uh, Jose has Arsenal sussed three points in coming. Franco, we all know Jose's incredible record against Arsenal. Um, he's, if I remember correctly, he's the first Spurs manager to win his first two North London derbies. And in contrast, Mikel Arteta is the first Arsenal manager to lose his first two. But the Emirates Stadium, it's a playground for Jose, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chris pointed out that we don't have a great record there. But I do wonder, in lockdown whether not having a crowd there really means that it's just a game of football, is not it? Does it really mean yeah. it's in a way game at the Emirates or not? Because the Arsenal fans, as quiet as they are for the majority of games, you know, they will always turn up and be rowdy for a Spurs match. And that does add to it, definitely. Um, but yeah, says a much better manager. And like you said, you look through the Arsenal squad. I was looking at it before, before because I'm sure you're going to ask me some questions about their players and I was just running down game. Which one of these is a threat? Which one of these do I really rate? And there's very few in that team at the moment. You compare that to the the, the great Arsenal side from a decade ago, and it's, it's not even anywhere near the same level. They've got a few aging superstars. Obviously, they've got a few youngsters like Saka coming through. But you compare that to our squad, I don't think they're comparable. And they've been on relatively good form recently, but so are we. So it's a really interesting game. The thing that's going to, I think, be most compelling about it is is how we approach it. Because obviously the home game, we're very defensive. We let them have a lot of the possession, and we were just defending resolutely, um, similar to the Man City game. But recently, I think since the West Ham game, probably Jose sort of seems to have just allowed a bit more attacking freedom, and um, we, we, you know, we're, we're playing much better offensive football. We look a lot more dynamic. And the players that are much happier. It's weird how things have just turned around in the space of a few games and, like you say, banging in goals for fun. So it's going to be a really interesting game at the weekend, and I hope we go for it, and I hope we smash them.
0: <laughs> oh, I do as well. And, and, and speaking of how how quickly things have turned around, I was looking at the Premier League table the other day, and they have the, the kind of form guide on the side of it. And Spurs actually have the longest winning run of any team in the Premier League right now. Three games in a row is more <laughs> than any other team. Chelsea are the only other side who have won more than one game in a row. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. It just goes to show how competitive the uh, the league has been this season, probably because the the better teams are are, are not as good as they used to be, rather than the the, the rest of the league kind of catching up. But mm. it is a case of any team that can really string a few a few wins together, uh, a good month or two, is probably going to be that team to to creep into the top four. Because you can look at Leicester. Uh, in, in typical Brendan Rodgers style, potentially falling away at the end of the season. Chelsea, I think have had that that new manager bounce under Thomas Tuchel. I'm not sure how much longer that is going to last. Credit him, they're playing really, really good football and deserving the results that they're getting. But I really don't think the top four that's in place now is going to be the uh, the top four that's there um, at the end of the season. But I feel we, we have to have that confidence that we can get in there because once our players are fit and firing, uh, I I do think we can... We can really go at Arsenal and, and hurt them and one of those players that I think can hurt them Chris is, is Gareth Bale because if you look back at his time particularly in his first spell at Spurs and even his first uh, year or two really in the first team it was goals against Arsenal that, that really got him going and having been rested for the majority of that game on Thursday he's going to be well and truly up for us do, do you think he can be the difference for Spurs on Sunday?
2: Absolutely I wouldn't be at all surprised if Gareth Bale stepped up and, and got Tottenham's winner on Sunday um, because he is in great form right now. Of course, we all expected so much more of him when he when he came back at Hotspur Way. All of us so excited about him uh, returning. Um, you know, it hadn't quite worked out. But, you know, these last what month or two is now in exceptional form. And this is the sort of form that we want to see him in. Uh, this is the sort of form that puts, you know, huge smiles on our faces. And he's a big game player. You know, Arsenal might be a mid-table club right now, but it's a big game in terms of being the North London derby, being the game you have to win, being the game that every single Spurs fan, Jose Mourinho, and every single Spurs player wants to win. And if you if you need players to step up to the plate, uh, you know, experienced players who have been there, done it, worn the t-shirt, and won every trophy in the land, Gareth Bale is your man. And uh, you know, we, when when we when we talk about options. And, and you two have spoke about options earlier, you know, today when you've got Eric Lamella in, in his form, you've got Lucas Moura in his form, uh Hoon Min Son, Harry Kane, you know, their combination, Gareth Bauer as well. Um, there are so many options that Jose Mourinho has. And this is an excellent headache for a manager to have, um, especially going to these sorts of matches.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it, it's a fair cry from where we were earlier in the season because... I remember speaking so much about you know you know it was going to be uh, Kane up front, Son on the left back when we were in that four three three. The option was that right winger, and it was almost well, who's uh who's the worst option between Bergwijn and Lucas that you want to avoid because no one was really able to solidify that place down there. And and thankfully we do have now uh, a number of players who who are fighting for that position. Uh, We've another five pounds here from Wayne Bonner says uh, I remember that three two win at the Emirates from two nil down. Um, for, for those on audio podcast, he remembers it for very personal reasons, but uh, we, we will leave it at that one. Um, Franco, uh, Chris there kind of touched on uh, Lucas and how he's he's kind of burst into form lately. But it's it's in the number 10 role rather than out in that right-hand side where he's he made a name for himself at Brazilian PSG. Are mm. you surprised that Lucas has found form in, in the centre of the park? Or do you think with his style of play that it's a position that, that, that kind of suits him more?
1: No, because he's always cutting in when he's out wide anyway. That's the thing we moan <laughs> about him the most. It's just he always seems to run into traffic. It's weird because he has—he was a winger at PSG, um, but he came mm-hmm. to Spurs and he always seemed to want to cut in. And then Potch tried to accommodate him in a central sort of striking position with Kane for a while, didn't he? So you were never really sure what his favoured position was. And he's been played on the left a few times this season as well, which I don't think is is right for him. So I think... Uh, you know, the parts of his game, like closing down and stuff like that, he puts in an amazing amount of tackles for a really small guy and amazing, an amazing amount of headers for a small guy as well. Yeah. There's, there's things about his game you don't necessarily appreciate because you just think he's a fast, sort of direct player. Um, I still think he's got, the, you know, propensity to, to run into trouble and to take too many touches and things like that. But... In that position, just his energy, I think, in the closing down in that game was really important. And if he's utilised at the weekend, I can see him doing that as well. Because let's be honest, like Arsenal's defence isn't great. Um, Xhaka on the ball isn't brilliant. So I think if we can put them under pressure when they're in possession, then that could pay dividends for us. So it'd be interesting to see if he plays um, because Delhi's is obviously another option at the moment coming back into form. Yeah, like I'm personally a huge
0: fan of Deli Ali, and there's even the whole way through that that bad spell he had. There's kind of there's nothing I'd like to see more than him kind of get back into that Spurs team and and become that player that we know we can be. But at the moment, you know, as much as I do love Ali, I think Lucas just is the is the better option in that number ten, and it's great to see a player who you know has been here for for is it just over two years now and has struggled yeah. to to find that form, finally uh, starting to get going, and it's it's fantastic. And again, he could be a a very important player for us on on Sunday, but. Something yeah. else that will be very important, uh, Chris, we'll come to you on this one, is the defensive partnership that, that Jose goes with. In the last three Premier League games, it's been Toby and Sanchez, who, look, for me, I never thought that would be the partnership that would make it for us this season because Toby's an ageing player. Sanchez is, a, you know, he, he's very error-prone. But we almost have to play that pair on, on Sunday to win this game, in my opinion. Do you think, Do I suppose, well, do you agree with that?
2: I do agree with it. Yeah. Um... However, I do think that Eric Dyer will come in for this game. I don't know why. I've just got that feeling that Jose will fancy Eric Dyer in this match. Um, But I I completely agree. I think that the uh, the best defensive partnership, particularly in the last few games where we've been winning as well, um, is Sanchez and uh, and Toby. I like to see Toby in the centre there. Um, I think that he is you know, without any doubt that the best defender, the best central defender um, at the club. And uh, it, it, it just puts, you know, a bit more confidence into me as a Tottenham fan watching our club uh, with him on the pitch.
0: Yeah. And look, I, I, I suppose I I do agree that there is a chance we'll see Eric Dyer. There's people in the live chat do not want to see that. Um, but I I think for me when we do see that that lineup when it's Toby and Dyer I think we're going to play defensive football and look to head the balls out from the box. But when it's Sanchez because he does have that kind of that element of recovery pace that perhaps the other two don't. I feel mm. then it's more attacking football and. You know, looking to have him recovering if it's you know with Aurier and Regal on it, in the fullback positions. Uh, Wayne making his opinion very clear here. Toby and Sanchez on Sunday, no dire, please Wayne. Again, thank you so much for the super chat. But look, Sanchez is just that recovery player, and he's he's error prone. I think he's poor in possession. He, he makes mistakes out of out of possession. His his positioning isn't the best. But somehow he's just made it work. And we we've won our last three Premier League games with him in there. But either side of those centre backs, uh, Franco is going to be the fullbacks which again is is a really big decision for Jose. Uh, it was, of course, Serge Aurier has been in and out of the team in recent weeks, uh, Sergio Reguilon just back from injury. Do you think it has to be Reguilon and Aurier or do you see a little bit of a curveball coming from Jose?
1: No, I would choose those two, uh, definitely. I've just not been impressed by Doherty this season. I know he's played relatively well in his last game, but that's the first game in absolutely ages where I haven't moaned about him. Do you know what I mean? It's like, And I don't like the fact that on a weekly basis I can there's a player there every single time where I just go, why? Why can't you be better? Um, you know I mean? And the fact that Aurier, I don't know, Aurier has stepped up his game. There are a lot of people saying that he's done that, but I don't know whether it's just Aurier looks better in comparison. Like Last night, Aurier was really good. I thought he got in those positions well, um, put in a few balls, neither of their crossing seems to be quite as good as it could be uh, you know but we've got Reggie on the left and there's one thing Reggie does brilliantly is put in a ball so I think he he's a definite uh, for that game and I think his pace as well just helps us it makes us look so much more dynamic on the on the counter attack and stuff like that it gives us an option. Um, so I think it will it will almost certainly be those two. But the thing is that I can't see Arsenal attacking down that side too much down the right because I just think Bale will be um, occupying Tierney too much. Tierney likes to get forward. And if he's occupied by Bale and we can keep them on the back foot, then, um, then our fullback shouldn't be too busy anyway. And hopefully they can be a bit more attacking. So, yeah, I would definitely like to see Aurier and Reggie play.
0: Yeah, look, for me, I feel like I'm only ever confident going into a game when it is the two of those. If you see one at Doherty or Davis, uh, there's always the the fear that, that something will go wrong there. And in the past, things things mm-hmm. have gone wrong. Uh, it must be payday for Wayne Bonner. He's coming with another £2 super chat. Says, get your super chats in, folks. Uh, please do that dollar sign beside the live chat. Make sure to smash it and get a super chat in. Um, Wayne keeps coming with another $2. Uh, do you earn another £2? Says, uh, do you give to give Daugherty a second season, Chris? We we'll come to you on that one. He's not been the player we thought he was going to be. Uh, looks a lot better at Wolves than he has at Spurs. Is it down to the change of system, or do you think it's just not his level?
2: Yes, it's very. I think it's a very different level, to be honest. Um, you know, very disappointing. Um, as Franco said, he's absolutely right. Um, you know, very disappointing since he's arrived from Wolves, but. I would say, you know, give credit where credit is due. The fullbacks last night against Dynamo Zagreb, I thought both of them done exceptionally well. Um, mm. Ben Davis uh, defensively. Serge Aurier, um, you know, made Harry Kane's second goal. I know it was a defensive mistake, but he put a great ball in from Tongue on Dembele. And uh, Sergio Aurier, um, you know, with his crossing ability, um, I think that we you have to put him in for a game like this against Arsenal. Um, Sergio Regulon, I'd like to see in the starting lineup, you know, every single time. But, you know, when players like Ben Davis come in, it's all about taking opportunities in, you know, competitions like the Europa League. And uh, we, we, we saw it and give credit where credit is due because he had a good game last night.
1: And this the thing about Davies—he gets a lot of stick, but he has a number of good games a season, Yeah. And he just has a number yeah, of yeah. bad ones. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he, he's reliable, and I think that's the difference when you see Reggie—is just how much more dynamic he is, and that that pace really does matter.
0: Yeah, for yeah. me, I think one of the, one of the key things that kind of holds Davies back is he—he he seems reluctant to get forward. Like at regular, line, he can almost smell. the the danger, smell that opportunity to make that burst down the left-hand side, and when we get into that position where we can feed the ball out there, Reglan is already there, whereas with Davis, he's kind of hesitating and he almost needs to know the ball is going to to come to him before he does make that burst, and look, maybe that's kind of a result of the way we played last season when he was almost a third centre-back, allowing Aurea really push on into a right-wing position. Maybe there's still kind of remnants of of those tactics there, but I think in the way we're playing this season, having that attack in full-back uh, is so much more important, and Wayne here with with another £2 says, how did you know it was uh, payday lol? Just that's a lucky guess, I suppose, Wayne. <laughs> um, thank you again, as the id kid says. Uh, Wayne killing the super chats. Um, but look, as Franco, you've you said you've looked at the Arsenal team, they have players like Kieran Tierney, who who have already mentioned, of course, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, mm. up to nine Premier League goals this season after a very slow start. But for me, what, what I'm most uh, interested in with this Arsenal team is that it took the likes of players like Bukaya Saka and Emile Smith Rowe to come into this team to, to turn their season around. And when they're a team who, who claim to be a, a big team as they do shouldn't it be the the kind of more experienced players taking the the season by the scruff of the neck? Would you be concerned from an Arsenal front that it's the younger players who are turning the season around?
1: Yes. Uh, When I looked at the Arsenal squad, do do you know who's played the most minutes of an outfield player? It is him. It is Mr Saka. It's it's insane. You've got a 19-year-old who you're basically relying on to be the most ever-present player in your squad. And he's played in nearly every single position down the left-hand side. He's played on the right-hand side as many times as well. He's been played in the centre. He's just... And he is a very good player, but I do feel like that, that he's you know they're putting a lot of pressure on him uh, to be one of the, the most important players in the team. And this season, when Aubameyang's not been brilliant, you know Pepe, <laughs> Pepe, is, I what, is he about him, to be honest? <laughs> he's played like what ten games? I think he started. He, he's been on the bench more often than he started, and he he was their like marquee signing. I just think they've they've not bought particularly well, and they're lucky that they've got. Um, you know, youngsters coming through, like you say, like Smith Rowe as well, um, coming through and, and sort of doing the goods for them. They're, they're, they're probably not elite. They're probably not on some of the Man City players' level or something like that, but they're, they're very good players, and Arsenal will do well to hold on to them, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, look, I, to be honest, I had this discussion last night um,
0: on my live watch long for the, the game against Dynamo Zagreb that as much as a team can be in bad form, or you can look at them and think they're worse than you, they, they always do have their, their threats because every team has to have a player who can turn a game around for them. And mm-hmm. you know, with Zagreb, it's the likes of Mislav Orsic or Bruno Petkovic, but with Arsenal, they do have quality in there, and that's what Spurs need to be aware of. Yeah. And yeah. Wayne here asking, uh, another £2 Wayne you are incredible it says uh, do you see any Arsenal players being a threat Chris if you had to pick what pick out one player for Arsenal that you think could cause Spurs big, big problems tomorrow who would it be
2: it would have to be a Um you know I, I thought that Tottenham should have signed him when when he was at Dortmund um, you know he looks a great player then um, you know he's coming to the Premier League um, you know a lot of Arsenal fans say that he's the real deal and he's a great player and he's, he's better than Harry Kane and all this nonsense which uh, is absolutely crazy but we know what Aubameyang can do. He scored goals in the Premier League. And, uh, you know, if we can keep him quietly, uh, you know, our defence can can look after him, then I think that, um, you know, we'll go on to win the game on Sunday because I don't feel that Arsenal do have, you know, that great quality throughout their squad. You know, when you look at their players compared to ours, you know, there is a huge quality difference. I know we're seven points clear of Arsenal in the uh, in the Premier League table, but you know, like I keep saying, they're a mid-table club at the moment, and I don't think that Arsenal have got a better squad than say Burnley, Crystal Palace, Southampton. You know, I think they're, they're <laughs> a sort of common.
0: Mm. There's my soundbite for this podcast. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love a bit of love a bit of Arsenal slander. Uh, Wayne Bonner here. Another two pounds says Pepe is the Arsenal version of Winks. And look, I think uh, some Spurs sort fans of say it's the worst criticism uh, you can give to a man. But I suppose on the point of Winks, Franco, we might as well touch a bit on the midfield. Um, I look, I I hope and I assume it will be High and Dambele in that double pivot for Spurs with one of Lucas or Ali playing a, a little bit further in front. But Arsenal then have the likes of uh, Granit Xhaka, who you know last last weekend against them. Um, against Burnley humiliated himself not for the first time in an Arsenal jersey they <laughs> then have the likes of their lone knees in, in Danny Ceballos and Martin Odegaard they, they have quality in there but if this is a game that, that comes down to the midfield battle do you think Spurs have the edge with the likes of Hoiberg and Domboli in there
1: yeah I think so like you say Xhaka he's another one of their virtually ever-present players but he's just so inconsistent and he always has a propensity to do stupid things in big games as well um and Partey has been not as good as he was before he signed, basically. He was better in Spain. Uh, I, I think that he's failed to deliver on what they kind of expected he would do. Um, mm. Odegaard is the one that's frustrating because I think he looks pretty good and he's playing fairly well recently. And he is tricky. He's the sort of player that Spurs don't really like to deal with. Um, and in terms of like who we play in there, like it depends wh- how we approach the game. If we're going to be defensive, then I see Sissoko in there, and maybe Undombele plays in that ten spot instead. Um, but otherwise, I would ideally like to see hoybier and Undombele, and, and then and then go for it. Yeah, you're right. We've got to. Um, I, I just think we've got to treat Arsenal with the disrespect they deserve. That like they've got players that can be dangerous on their day, and they've got pace in that side, which is. Going back early, I think that's why we'll play Sanchez. to deal with the threat of Abangyang, maybe, and um, that's it really. I just, uh, it's weird. Like it, their squad depth again is is really poor. Like they've got Willian. So I don't really like to talk about Willian because he always has, a, he always scores against Spurs, but he hasn't scored all season either. He's like our oh, Bergvine, He's just not delivered for them. And beyond that, they've not really got many other options. So if they're not, if they're one or two of their sort of key players like Lacazette or Abangyang, aren't playing well then most of their threat disappears. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm amazingly confident for the game at the weekend, which is probably a bad thing because uh, I tend to get these things wrong. <laughs> yeah, look,
0: as a Spurs fan, it's always the, the hope that gets you. Um, exactly. but, uh, uh, surprisingly, I was actually speaking to an Arsenal fan in work today and, and William has created the most big chances out of any of their players this season, which I'm not sure if that's a, he's got a compliment a to William.
1: Yeah, he's got assists this mm-hmm. season, but it's just no goals, which is surprising for him because he doesn't normally contribute. He's got a decent shot on him, but he's just not been that effective in front of goal this season. Yeah, as like you said, hat trick on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he hasn't he hasn't played against Spurs
0: yet, so uh, yeah. that that could quickly change. Uh, Chris Wayne here is a question for you. It's a question that managers have been struggling to answer for the last 10, 12 years, and I'm sure Sacramento and Mourinho will be listening closely to your answer here. But how would you keep a Bamian quiet?
2: Eric give Dyer a sliding kick. tackle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sl- sliding tackles. Do you know do you know what, Matt? I want to see a number of yellow cards on Sunday. I want I want to see the real passion in this North London derby. I want Tottenham to give absolutely everything, 100 percent and nothing less. Um, but Pierre Emil Hoybier, as you both talked about there, you know, he is going to be the key to this game. Um, you know, any attacking play from Arsenal, um, he is going to be picking up the pieces and, and and doing what he does best because he has been an exceptional signing for Tottenham Hotspur football clubs from Southampton in the summer. Um, hugely, uh, you know, impressed with him. And I think that he will be, um, you know, a future Tottenham Hotspur captain. But I think it's all going to be about him in the centre of the park.
1: Mm. And then Dombello as well, because we need a performance yeah. from him. This is the one thing about him. He needs to remember that he is, he was our marquee signing. He's been paid a lot of money. And it's these games where we need him to step up. And he can boss yeah. those that midfield. He really can. He could make Xhaka look absolute pony if he wanted to, like the amount of skill he's got. So I'd really like to see a big performance from him as well with, with Horvier basically in support.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> It was funny last night, the way Dynamo Zagreb, they really targeted Tonki on Bele. You know, he mm. spent half a lot mm-hmm. on, on the floor because of uh, the challenges coming in and, and he was just so skillful for them. It was yeah. great to see. And as you say, Franco, you know, it, it's like he's a brand new signing, particularly after his very disappointing season last year. Mm, great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, on your point about the, the yellow cards, uh, and Pinchy, this being a, an aggressive game, uh, Spurs and Arsenal are the two teams in the Premier League who have drawn the most yellow cards off opposition teams. So Spurs have had 60 uh, yellow cards from opposing teams, and Arsenal have 53. So, look, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I think I'd be looking for a few yellow cards in this one. Uh, it could be... And look, that, that's what we want to see. That's the North London Derby we want to see. Football has become a game now where if you touch a player, they get a penalty. But, you know, at times you can punch the ball in the box. It's not a handball. It's not going to be, or because uh, we'd be here all night. But, that, that's what we want to see we want another battle of the bridge but maybe with us getting the three points you know it's that's the that's what we want to see and that's what jose uh, i think we'll be looking for uh, this team as well we've got kai here coming in with the two dollar super chat kai thank you very much uh, i really really do appreciate that one um but look i know some people don't like to do it but we're going to get into, into some score predictions here um if you don't want to obviously you don't have to you know some people have, have traditions for not putting them in because uh, i feel as though it jinxes the team but franco we'll come to you first if you had to put a scoreline on this game what would
1: you say yeah, um, I don't believe in jinxes, so it's fine. I've done. A, I, do, I do a predictor league every week. I've gone with a two-one Spurs win. That's what I'm going for. I love it, Chris.
2: I'm going for three-two Spurs. Um, I think the last time we won there, or the only time we won there in the Premier League, back in 2010, we won three-two, and I'm going yeah. to go for the same again.
0: I love it. I am feeling it won't be a Eunice Cabool winner this time, but you know, it could be someone coming up from the back maybe getting a, a, oh, head on, a free Sanchez, kick or something. Sanchez, Sanchez. <laughs> oh God, if it, was, if it was one of them. You know, they could do whatever they want for the rest of the
1: season. If they score a winner at Emirates, they're an instant club hero. Um, See, that's it. Sanchez probably needs it because the amount of abuse he gets. He's uh, had a few good games and he <laughs> tops it off with a goal against Arsenal. All will be forgiven
0: absolutely i think for me the thing that sums up uh, davidson sanchez the most is in that fa cup game against everton he scored twice but was still the worst player in the pitch it's it's baffling baffling how he manages to do it but he can make yeah. amends if he does put in a, a big performance against Arsenal on sunday um we've uh wayne here coming in with another two pounds uh, says three nil spurs as your score prediction uh simon cohen says three one to spurs and jack says a two one win for spurs hugo to save a late penalty uh like he did at wembley a, a few years back but look as we said Arsenal haven't beaten us in their last five attempts. So so why not make that six for the first time in history? Everyone, make sure to get your, uh, your score predictions there in the live chat. But uh, from us, I suppose we will wrap it up there. It's been a, an absolutely fantastic show. Chris and Franco, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we'll come to you very quickly. Uh, if you do want to uh, promote your socials, uh, Franco, let us know where we can find you.
1: Yeah, I mean, our big one is Facebook. Facebook is uh, just look up the Cheese Room Podcast. But we're also on Twitter, Instagram. We've got a YouTube channel which we're on occasionally, but otherwise we're available on all of the main podcast providers. Just look for the Cheese Room Podcast. Uh, and Chris, look, <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm sure you don't need uh, to come on. As I said, uh, either be come on a channel like this and, and talk up yourself. But do you want to let us know where we can find you on, on social media?
2: Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Um, on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Cowlin, and then on YouTube, Tottenham fan Chris Cowlin.
0: And I highly recommend to everyone watching, everybody listening, to go over and check these two guys out. It's been an absolute pleasure for me uh, having them on the channel tonight. I um, just want to say look, I'm sure everyone knows about me, but if you do want more content like this, plus live watch alongs, uh, Tottenham previews, reviews, uh, transfer talk videos, any sports content you could want, make sure to smash that subscribe button down below. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Hayes THFC. And as we said earlier on, this is the first podcast since, the, since we have joined the Sports Social Podcast Network, uh, the UK's first dedicated sports podcast network. So on um, uh, the majority of the big uh, podcast platforms you can go over and listen to us there anyone if you are listening on Spotify or anything else please check me out on YouTube uh, at Matt Hayes Tottenham blog but from the three of us tonight uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to two of you again thank you very much to everyone who's watched Uh, thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon
1: this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network sports social podcast network
2: step into the world of power loyalty